What's up, sports fans? Welcome back to the Ryan Schlesinger Podcast. This is episode 8. I'm your host, Ryan Schlesinger, and I wanted to start off this with just apologizing for not being too active, as my computer has had some problems combined with just me being busy. This is my last day in Connecticut. I'm leaving at 3 o'clock, and I've still been able to watch the Marlins, and there's a lot of stuff that we need to talk about. Because this has been a pretty important week, so we're going to have the weekly recap, the series recap uh, from against the Pittsburgh Pirates. A series that started off terrible for the Marlins because the Marlins lost the first game 5-1. I mean, the bats were just completely dead. Rodgers allowed two runs in the first, a run in the second, then he pitched a scoreless third, fourth, fifth, got taken out, ended up actually getting the quality start. But the Marlins just fell behind early, and it was pretty much just because the bats were dead. And then on Tuesday, just a crushing one-run loss, 3-2, another game where the bats were just dead, didn't feel like they could do anything, no home runs, pretty much no excitement, no extra base hits, and they lose a 3-2, a game that they shouldn't have won, and they didn't really do anything right in that game at all. Castano, he pitched well against the Pirates, take a look at Castano's final line in that second game of the series. He allowed five hits, three earned runs, so not a terrible stat line. Again, it's a quality start. Five innings, three runs allowed. And his ERA now 3.86 on the season was a lot better when he first got called up. But I still have some confidence in Castano overall as a pitcher. And the Marlins had dropped the first two. Things were not looking good at all for the Fish And I was scared that they were going to lose the series. And I was thinking, you know, it's scary right now because you have Jorge Soler, Josh Chisholm. They're all out. And the bats are just completely dead. And then in 10 innings on Wednesday, they won it on a walk-off wild pitch. Just an incredible one to walk it off on the wild pitch. Aguilar with the game-tying RBI single in the 10th. Pirates got two across in the top of the tent, so you were thinking, you know, the Marlins have been struggling. They didn't score any in the ninth, and they had some chances. They were just unclutch. And then in the tenth, they had to score three runs to win it, two runs to tie it. And then the wild pitch, Aguilar able to get the game-tying RBI single, and then he scores on the wild pitch. The throw actually came in on time, but it was wild. Aguilar did not touch the plate originally, but then once the throw got up the line over at third base, he was able to just step on, and they mobbed him. Then today, on Thursday, big win for the Marlins. They win it in 11 innings, a huge game, and a lot of people, if you just first looked at the highlight of the walk-off RBI triple by Brian Anderson... It looked completely empty. It wasn't that bad. It was just because they did sell 13,000 seats. Total attendance, 13,612, which is actually pretty good for Marlins standards. But the vast majority of it was camps because it's a 12 o'clock start time. And pretty much all the camps left before extras, especially before the 11th. So it just looked completely empty at the stadium, which was what some... People over on Twitter mentioned, but I was thinking that right when I 
was watching because it looked like there was completely nobody there. But 13,000 actually not too terrible for Lone Depot Park. This game was just crazy. I mean, a lot of people got injured. Miguel Rojas, after O'Neal Cruz was trying for second, he got caught stealing. Miggy Rowe tagged him over at second base. A great throw from Fortes, who threw out Cruz twice in this game and just improves his case to be the starting catcher, considering how fast Cruz is. I mean, you even have to be pretty fast to get the green light to try and steal. And twice he both got, he got thrown out. By Fortes, who has an incredible arm. Seems like he's pretty good at framing, too. Seems like he's just an all-around good catcher. Good at the plate, as we know. And now he's proving himself defensively. And although Stallings has been good, he hasn't been able to throw out a lot of runners, despite just rarely having any pass balls. Great framer. He just has great... Um, he's just great. a great teammate to have with a pitcher. I mean, Sandy and... Him work very well together. Same with Pablo. He's been a big part of Sandy's success this season. But anyways, Miggy got injured when Cruz was coming up. And it hit him in the tooth. He kind of knocked him in the tooth with the helmet. And Miggy was just immediately in pain in the mouth. And you saw his tooth. It fell down. So Miggy's tooth got knocked out, which is something terrible. I mean, it happened to me, actually. I was on a scooter. And kind of like fell off the edge of the sidewalk. I fell down. I only had a few scrapes on my knee. My body was completely fine, but I just fell like face first. It didn't even hurt that much, but my tooth got shaped like half of it came out. So hopefully Miggy's okay. And obviously, I don't think you could consider it like an injury, but he might rest the series opener against the Phillies. And John Birdie also out with some soreness. And then... Billy Hamilton, who stayed in the game initially, then got pinch hit for. Don't know if that was regarding the injury or just that they thought they had the better player in Sanchez. Probably just that they thought they had the better player. And it was somewhat necessary for Hamilton to get taken out after it was a crazy play. Joey Wendell hit the double into right field, which was the Marlins' first run of the ball game. And Hamilton, this is very speedy, arguably the fastest player in baseball, and then Maybe his teammate, John Birdie, you can make an argument for that. Or Trey Turner of the Dodgers. And there's some other guys, but those are like the really notable guys. As uh, Yeah, so Hamilton was rounded third. He got the green light to go from first to home on the double by Joey Wendell. And Delay, the catcher for the Pirates, yes, his name is Delay. It looked like he was just clearly blocking the base. Hamilton did not really have a lane, and this is also before DeLay even had the ball in his hand, in his glove. So, really, the official rule is I've watched a lot of stuff like this because catcher's interference, it not catcher's interference behind the play where it interferes with the bat, like blocking the base. It happens sometimes. It happened in that game against the Nationals in extras. We all should know about that then. Williams Astudio ended up scoring on a non-catcher's interference to win it after the game tying, blogging the base, catcher's interference, whatever you want to call it. So Hamilton, he was originally called out, but I thought he was safe, and then we saw the replay review. He got his hand in there, kind of between DeLay's legs, which is just an incredible job by Billy Hamilton. And then he was kind of injured because like, he moved the wrong way. He just had no path to get in there. And he just seemed to be a little bit banged up. 
And he was on the ground. It took him a little while to get up. We saw he kind of had like some red on his face after that. Thought there could be like a concussion chance. Don't really know how to describe the play. You'd have to look at the highlights as well on Twitter or MLB app, MLB.com. But a crazy game, crazy Marlins win in extra innings. They finally clutch up after the Marlins had a big opportunity, two big opportunities with runners in scoring position. Nobody out, and Garcia ended up rounding out into that double play, which could have possibly won it, tied it for the Marlins. And really helped them in that game. But Garcia, very unclutch. I think he needs a rest. He's been pretty much bad this whole entire season, batting 232. But really, I mean, 232, it's it's bad, but it's not atrocious. And mainly because some of his hits are just not in important moments. He's had, like, some clutch homers. Like, sure, the one against the Cardinals. But that's really, like, the only great moment. Like, some of it is just, like, him, like, Slapping a two-out single, one-out single. That just means nothing. And then he d- doesn't end up scoring. Like, I just don't feel like he's contributing that much in clutch situations. Now some non-game recap news before. I'm going to end this one because I'm going to go to bed. It's really late at night right now. And as I mentioned, I have my flight soon. So tomorrow the Marlins are playing... The Phillies in game one of this three-game series before the All-Star break. It'll be Sandy Alcantara pitching. And the first home home start for Sandy with Sandy's Beach, a supporter section. That's It's near the Marlins' dugout. And this is the first Marlins supporter section that they've had, official supporter organized section by the, section by the Marlins, since Jose's Heroes for Jose Fernandez. And they make sense. I mean, you have to be really good to have your own supporter section that's organized by the team and promoted by the team. And, well, Sandy gets it with the Sandy's Beach, and, well, it's very deserved with his 9-3 and record, which he hasn't really deserved even three losses. But, I mean, mainly his 1.73 ERA is where it at. it's at in the League leader in innings pitch. I mean, he's just an amazing workhorse. He's incredible. And then it was announced recently that the Marlins will be calling up prospect and top prospect Max Meyer, and he is likely to pitch on Saturday. We don't know why they're not going to go with Trevor Rogers. He's been bad. Maybe they'll send him down to AAA, which would be pretty crazy. Pretty ironic, but I can see it as a realistic move. Max Meyer is their number two ranked prospect, according to Pipeline, just behind Yuri Perez, who his ETA is 2023, so we could see Yuri in the big leagues in 2023. We've seen Meyer here, and only two of the Marlins guys now are going to be in the, are going to have made a big league debut in that top five, as you have. Yuri, who hasn't, he's still in double A. Max Meyer, who is going to. Khalil Watson, who we'll talk about in just a moment. JJ Blade, who still hasn't made his debut, but he could be set to make a debut soon. He has a lot of home runs, but he does not hit for average at all. And you would think that a guy like that would be able to hit for some average in triple A, but he's just a big home run guy. But if he's really able to hit so much home runs like he has this season, I think you got to call him up to contribute with the homers. He's basically a home run or bust guy. He's like Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo has never had a, a really great batting average, but he's always been a big home run guy. This year's kind of an exception. It's just been a really 
bad year for Gallo even down in the home runs, but still he can go deep at any given moment. Then you have Sixto Sanchez, who his injury, he's still progressing. He did pretty well in his bullpen session. He was working through it. He seems motivated to come back, fighting through all those injuries. And yeah, not a lot of the Marlins' top prospects have made their major league debut. I mean, then you have Gerard Encarnacion, who has recently earlier in the season. But most of their prospects have not played in the big leagues. Nick Nick Nider, one of the guys who actually has, he's doing pretty well with the shrimp. Marlins might want to consider calling him up. He is on the 40-man roster. And yeah, that's about it. Now it's time to talk about Khalil Watson, who was finally announced after he's still out of this Hammerheads lineup. We know that he did get sent home. He's kind of away from the team to cite really no um, professional decision by minor league baseball to suspend this guy. The Hammerheads, it is minor league baseball. It's not the majors where if this guy doesn't get suspended, you're going to want him because you need to win. It's the minors. You're focused on the players. And to develop this guy, you can't just let him do something like use your bat, point your bat like it's a gun at an umpire after you dislike a call. And, I mean, the Marlins have decided they are going to send him to AAA, according to reports, or at least what people think the Marlins are going to be aggressive to trade him at the deadline. And I think they, they could get something good from him some major league ready talent. They can get someone very good from a guy like Khalil Watson, who once he a first round pick, I mean, a guy who was supposed to go in the top five, he ended up falling to 16th for the Marlins. Just a great talent who, if you develop him rightly, you teach him the right way, I think he could be great. But right now, it seems like the Marlins don't want him. And he has not been playing too well at the low A level this season. He has hit some great home runs. He's a guy who has pretty good power for the position he plays. The middle infielder, shortstop primarily, but you could see him getting sec- playing second base sometimes at the higher levels like AAA and the majors. And But yeah, he's a shortstop and second baseman, kind of like Josh Chisholm, who now he really only plays second base, but he did play shortstop for most of his minor league career. On Sunday, it should probably be a Castano game in the final game, a 140 game. Against the Phillies, it's going to be Aaron Nola going for Philly. So that should be a good one. And then on Monday, you kind of got a baseball off day. And then Tuesday, you got the All-Star game, the Home Run Derby. It's going to be fun. And then we get back to baseball on Thursday. The Marlins are playing the Rangers on Thursday at 1.10 p.m. Very exciting future for the Marlins as they currently sit at 43-45, and two games below five hundred. They have split their last three series. They split with the Angels in the two-game series, split with the Mets, and split with the Pirates. They're battling back down 2-0 in the series. They tie it 2-2. And the end of the series, four-game series, they've split the last two four-game series against the Mets and the Pirates. And now they remain 43-45, and just like they were two games below five hundred. After that big win streak that was mainly four games against the Nationals and one against the Angels in that split. And one against the Cardinals in the final game of that series, thanks to Avi Sayil Garcia and Sandy's incredible complete game. The Marlins are currently three games out of a wild card spot. 
They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. They've played a lot of 500 ball. They're currently on a two-game win streak going into this very important series against the Phillies where your goal here obviously should be to sweep, but many Marlins fans would be happy with two out of three because then that gets you to one game below by the All-Star break. And my dad said before I go here that the Marlins just need to hang in there because they have a t- an easier schedule in the second half. I mean, you got to play a bunch of those divisional guys again in the second half too, especially in September and those important games. But if you can win those and win your games against teams in the AL West, like they still have two series against the Oakland Athletics, the Oakland Athletics, so they're going to have to sweep both and out. At worst, really lose only one or two of their games against the Athletics if something just completely goes wrong. They're going to get healthier. Jazz and Soler are going to be back. And speaking of Soler, he hit two home runs in double-A. I know it's double-A. If he played a full season in double-A, he probably hit 80 home runs with the Blue Wahoos because he's just like that. But he's on his way back. Could be reinstated from the injured list maybe for the second to last or last game before the All-Star break. So the Marlins are right in there. Three games out of a wild card spot is I'm going to end it right there. Thanks for listening, everyone, to the eighth episode of the Ryan Schlesinger podcast. I hope you enjoyed. Please make sure to follow the channel and give me some important feedback, anything you'd like me to talk about, any non-Marlins topics I can't talk about. Right now, I'm focused on the Marlins. I could Try and break down the DeAndre Ayton situation with the Pacers and the Suns and what's going on there. And some stuff, interesting stuff going on in the NBA. And I'll get into more sports once football, basketball, and hockey season starts. But right now, my focus is baseball because I love the Marlins. I will see you guys on Episode 9. Again, thanks for watching. I'm Ryan Sluss.